Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. All right, what's going on? Oh, wait, I got to get rid of this picture. There we go. So, real quick, for those of you who are watching via the stream, you're going to notice the production value is greatly decreased today, and we apologize. That's because you're the producer, right? I am the producer while hosting, so that means that I'm just the producer. Because Van, Wink, just, just Van Wink took like a three-week vacation, and then he came back, and it's like professional picture day at work, so he can't There's he can't something going today. on. So those of you listening via the podcast, you're not going to notice any difference in the show. We're just not going to have the fancy graphics and stuff like that today for those of you who are watching on the uh, stream. But my name is Chris Williams, joined as always by Chris Hassel, who has been living through Hurricane Ian. So give us the latest, Hassel. I saw we had somebody giving you the option <laughs> of getting drunk at like their, the bar of their basement to do the show today. What was yeah, that it was... It, it it was it's somewhere in my county. I don't know where where it was, but he's a, he's a two guys named Chris listener, and he said he, he invited me and you to go, and they're having a hurricane party today. Just I, and he said it's the only place that he knows of that has bush light. But uh, I said I'd only go if you went. But it's I, I I've been lucky. We're on the um, we're on the Atlantic side, the wet the um, East Coast side of Florida in South Florida, down by. Fort Lauderdale, and we've we've been spared. Um, you know, it's the it's the other side of Florida, the Gulf Coast, that's gotten the the brunt of it, and it's terrible. It was dicey on Tuesday night that we had tornadoes in town. We had several tornado warnings, and a tornado ripped up a bunch of stuff about five miles away from here. Apartment complex took the roof off. Um, that that's really one of the few times we get devastating tornadoes or anything close to it is when a hurricane is around. That's the only time we get that kind of weather down here. And we don't have basements. There are no basements in Florida. So there's really, there's Where do you really go? nowhere to go. You just go I, and look. You just hang you're just out. Supposed to, they say you're supposed to just put yourself on uh, the lowest floor uh, and put as many walls between you and the outside as possible. That's it. But these houses are built to... to and all the structures are built to, you know, sustain really powerful hurricanes. So they're built different. Every house is built to cinder block and it. it's they're built totally different than the wood houses that you that you have in the Midwest that a tornado just shreds them up. Hmm. Well, glad that you're doing okay. We've been keeping an eye on everything over on the Gulf Coast and man, it looks looks it's pretty bad. nasty it's over bad. there. I uh, want to thank our friends. The only thing that um, could make just sitting at your house a little bit more sustainable, you know, is just a plate full of fairway meat. You just keep teasing me with this box of meat that's on. I'm going to text. I'm going to send a text today about this meat package. I mean, you could really use it now, right? Really? And my wife's out of town this week, so I've been eating. Here, here's my meals every day, okay? For lunch, I have a roast beef sandwich. And for dinner... I have to order in DoorDash, Uber Eats, and I or Chipotle or something like that. That's what's what I've been eating every single. Because I don't cook. I I don't go to the grocery cooking. store. You don't like just, smoke meat, nothing like that. I'll eat it if somebody else cooks it, but I'm not going to stand out there for 12 hours and smoke meat. Now, if somebody gave me a piece of meat to grill, sure, I'll go throw that on the grill. But I I don't do I don't I don't go to the grocery store myself. That's my my wife does that. Thank God. You're living the life of Riley. I, I am. I am. Just a sportscaster. But, but when she's gone, no kids to worry. It's a about. disaster. Yeah. I think I've lost five pounds since she's left. Maybe I need that. Holy mackerel! Uh, two guys <laughs> named Chris. We are as always presented by our friends at Fairway. Do want to thank everybody. We we turned a month old last week. Iowa mm-hmm. everywhere did, and the reaction has been really fantastic. I, the I reaction think, to the one month old party. 
Well, the Woo! Just... <laughs> for those of you listening on the podcast, I just squeezed my nipples. Um, <laughs> no, it's been really good. Like our our numbers are higher than I expected. They would be a month in, and the reaction's been really positive. So I just wanted to take a minute to thank everybody. And the only way we can do this, being a local company, independent, we don't have a big national conglomerate behind us promoting us, is for you guys to tell your friends and um, to rate, subscribe, review, and do all that stuff. So thank you. Just wanted to get that out of the way as we've got a big, big college football weekend ahead of us. Real quick, um, we did witness history last night. With the Aaron Judge deal, did we though? What what kind so, of history? Do- well, I, I wanted he tied to, the Yankee record. I wanted to touch on this because you seem very um, pessimistic about what it's, happened. Last I, night I just don't Ross get Knight why we're Ross. making such a big deal about this. It's, it, he hit sixty one. He didn't hit sixty two. Yeah, so okay. I'm I'm with you there. Like I'm I'm totally with and you there. Sixty two. What's that? The seventh most home runs hit in a season all time. So you, but like you're. You're still calling Bonds the home run I, king. Like yeah, I, I watched it with my own eyes. We all went through it. We all lived it. We were all kind of duped by it. Sure, yeah. we know that all those guys now were on steroids. We didn't at the time. I think it'd be really naive to think that there's no possible way that that sort of thing isn't going on these days or something like it. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Fair. I don't know if Aaron Judge is clean. I, I hope so. It sure seems that way. He's a likable guy. But I think we're making a big deal about this. Not me, but the national at a national level because he is a star for the New York Yankees, period. That's it. If he was on the Oakland A's or the Texas Rangers or the Minnesota Twins, this would not be covered the way that it is. And... You know, yeah, they, people can say it's an American League record. It is, but it's so different now. The American League and the National League are like they're they're interchangeable. Interleague play, universal DH. It's the same thing. This is where I kind of get confused as a I'm not a journalist covering Major League Baseball, but like if I were the like baseball's kind of screwed this whole thing up. Like what what do we even they still acknowledge bonds? Right, mm-hmm. it's still in the records book. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't I, I wipe think it out. To. So uh, you, you see where I'm going with this, though, like because there is a faction of the population that will say, "Well, no, Judge will be because he's the clean one," and we know that these other guys weren't clean. But baseball didn't do anything; they just left it. So mm-hmm. it, it's a difficult thing as far as now. I will say, like, I agree with you, like. Last week there was college football games. Apparently, that ESPN was like cutting. That into. was ridiculous. <laughs> they were breaking away from Texas, Texas Tech, Ugh. and I, I can't remember the other game that they were breaking away from to show Aaron Judge maybe tie for the franchise record in home runs. Like, it, yeah, that's where they would never do that if it was if he played for the Twins. Completely agree. This With isn't that. 1997. In 1997, hitting 61 would have would have been a huge deal, like it was in 1998. But I, I watched Sammy Sosa hit 63 or more home runs, I think it was, three out of four years. Three out of four years, he did it in 98, 99, and I think 2001. He had 63 or more home runs in a season. Sure, he was tainted. You know, he was corking his bat. <laughs> he was he was on steroids. We didn't know that at the time. That like, was I, I, and I don't want to put myself in a position now to feel like I'm going to be duped again. That's fair. And and quite frankly, I don't care that they were juicing. I just don't care. See, I do. That's where I would disagree with you. Like that. That's where, to me, watching last night, I kind of felt because I was like you. I was so into it. Like everybody was during that time. Mm-hmm. It was one of the biggest sporting spectacles of our lifetimes, watching these guys chase number 62, that revered number. And I got like nuts. Like I read all these books about it. Like I became obsessed with like the steroid era for about a two year span. Like I couldn't get enough of it. So like there's a part of me where I feel like I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, this is like the actual 
real deal. But again, like we don't really know any of that. And again, I blame baseball more than anybody because like if, if they didn't want bonds to be the home run King because of all this, they could have wiped out those records or put the asterisk there or done. And you think they should have, I don't even know if they should have. I'm not even saying that I'm, I'm saying like, I can't call judge the home run King because of what baseball has decided. Right. If baseball would have said, hey, man, we botched this as a sport and we're going to put these asterisks there and we're going to allow them in the Hall of Fame, right, with the asterisk and we're going to call it the steroid era and all that stuff, then I would think I think we would have a better argument to be making a huge deal out of this. Does that make sense? Yeah, and another thing I don't get is everybody going nuts last night on the 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 poor fan who missed out on the on the home run ball and – and how he 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 basically dropped generational wealth. What? Why? Why is why is that ball going to be worth that much money? Because as soon as he hits sixty two, yeah. that ball is going to be worth a hell of a lot more. Who wants sixty one when there's a sixty two, and then a sixty three, a sixty five? He he tied he tied the franchise record. He tied the American League record. He didn't break it. Hard to argue that. All right, that's enough baseball. It, it is. It, it is enough baseball. But I, think I, I can do that. As you can tell, I I'm a little bit fired up about it. You're a Cubs fan, right? Isn't that like your team? I am, but baseball has. Uh, I, yeah. I can't watch. I, I I seriously can't watch it anymore. It's just too boring for me. I I can only watch the Braves, and I'm 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 a pretty passionate Braves fan. But I like even. Like the Mets, right there in a chase with the Mets right mm-hmm. now. Like I, I can't sit and just turn on the Mets game and watch. It. I used to watch every single Cubs yeah. game. Every I game. like to do the MLB. The I like to do the audio. That's what I do, and I'll turn it on, and then it's just kind of on mm-hmm. in the background. Anyways, uh, let's start with Iowa. You guys are getting, you guys are getting the big noon game. Top five Michigan team comes to town. The Hawks are. It's now around an 11 a point dog. It just kind of depends. Anywhere from 10 to 11. I'm seeing it more at 11. More money going in on Michigan right now. I have a lot of statistics that I've kind of <laughs> dug up today because I, I think that Iowa and Iowa State are both playing fascinating uh, opponents this week. Michigan right now has so – I just want to start right here. They're averaging 7.4 yards per play. On the season compared to Iowa giving up 3.7. Okay, big discrepancy there. Now listen to this. Michigan's three non-conference opponents. And that's where I was going to go. I, <laughs> I throw is, all their stats out the window because exactly. of who they play. This is where they rank in opponents' yards per play defensively. 131, well, that's Hawaii, dead last. 98 and 86. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm reading a lot going into this week, and I, I'm just not like a hundred percent convinced that the Michigan Wolverines are the greatest show on turf. And that is why I'm starting to convince myself that Iowa has a chance in this game because I just don't know what Michigan is. That their only game this year was against Maryland, and they they only won by seven. They somewhat struggled. They won 34-27. You cannot put any stock into any of their non-conference games. That that might go down as the weakest non-conference slate that any college football team has ever played. Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn, those three teams are among the worst 10 teams in college football this season. All those games were at home. They wiped the floor with all of them. They put up great numbers, blah, blah, blah. Those numbers don't matter. They don't because those teams don't have a pulse. So I don't know what Michigan is. They lost a lot of players from last year. This is not the same Michigan team that smoked Iowa 42-3 to in the yeah. Big Ten Championship game. So that's where, like, my initial, I think I told you this on Monday, like my initial thought when I saw the line was to bet on Iowa. Double digits at home, slow the game down, that defense. It's just the smart play. Torrey Taylor, just everything. Because you know Kirk's going to try and take the air out of the ball, whatever. The reason I didn't, and 
is because you I thought back to 42 to 3. Mm-hmm. And I I just do wonder because that while Michigan's a lot different, Iowa's really not from that 42 to 3. They were already having the offensive you know, major offensive issues in the Big Ten championship game. They kind of back back their way into the Big Ten championship game, let's be honest. No question. Um, and Michigan, while they have different players, they've been recruiting well. Talent level, still incredibly high. So that was why, that's why I'm staying away from the game. I'm not going to touch this as far as betting goes. But I, I see both sides. So the stat out there as well about the um, – Top five foes for Iowa, home mm-hmm. games. Uh, 2008 Penn State win, 2010 Michigan State win, 2016 Michigan win, lost to Penn State in 17, beat Ohio State in 17. That was the historic 55-24 game. And the Penn State game, of course, from last year, the Nittany Lions were ranked 20, or they were ranked fourth. This does Kinnick, in your opinion, does it still have that vibe with the 11 a.m. kick? Because no. we hear a lot about Kinnick night games, right? The Penn yeah. State game was 2.30 or 3. I think it was 3 last year. Will that play a factor just being the 11 a.m. kick? It just it won't have as much juice. It's still going to be a great atmosphere. Yeah, You can still have a great atmosphere at 11. You can't have that next level atmosphere at that time and and it's any stadium it's not just Iowa when you're kicking off especially in the central time zone like at least in the eastern time zone you're kicking off at noon for that window yeah 11 a.m. it's a sleepy start students might roll in there a little bit late if they're like Wisconsin students at all I do think it loses a little bit of an advantage home field when you're kicking off for a huge game at 11 a.m. compared to 2.30 or a night game. And I think all of these games, I think all of these games were at least 2.30 starts. I think most of those, I'm talking about the games where Iowa uh, beat top five teams at home. I think that a couple of them were night games and then the rest of them were 2.30 central time kickoffs. I don't think any of those were 11 a.m. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to be, like I said, I'm not saying it's not going to be a, a great atmosphere. It is, but I, I, I think it would it would help a little bit. It would help that atmosphere a little bit if it was a little bit later on in the day. But I, I keep, all week I was, I was trying to convince myself that this was going to be a blowout. <laughs> not to and get my hopes up. I just keep thinking about the fact that Michigan hasn't proven anything yet. No. like I don't know if this is a top five team. I don't know if this is even a top 15 team. Nobody does because of that schedule that they played. And and they, they weren't exactly dominating against Maryland. No. Now, as we talked about on the on earlier this week on the show, I think it would I think it's gonna help Michigan a lot that they got to play Maryland before Iowa. They got to take that step and you know, play a team with a pulse first and that kind of knocks the cobwebs out a little bit, maybe a little bit of a wake up call. Um but I Iowa has the better defense. Iowa has the better special teams. Iowa's at home. They're going to have the advantage in atmosphere. Can the offense, can that last thing, the offense, can the offense be the 99th best offense in the country on on Saturday and not the 131st? If that offense can be the 99th best offense in the country, Iowa has a chance to win this game. Do you think it will? No. But... I think uh, that's the st- <laughs> I think there's a chance you get a, a Michigan mistake and absolutely maybe not a defensive touchdown, maybe not a special teams touchdown, but even if it's, you know, even if it's an interception where you bring it back to the 10 and the offense just has 10 yards to go to score. Like yeah, like what happened against Iowa State, like you got and, it on the 16, you punch it in. 
And you know what Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan staff is preaching this week. They're, they're saying, look, guys, just same thing Greg Schiano did. If we don't turn the ball over, we win the game. Period. And Michigan's Their got only chance uh, is running to, back. So, so I think th- there's a chance Michigan also plays tight. Maybe doesn't open it up as much as they might normally do because they know the only way Iowa wins this game is to win the turnover battle. And they can't turn the ball over. Uh, McCarthy, uh, so you've got um, this Blake Corum averaging seven and a half yards per carry, nine touchdowns. He's a Heisman top five guy, but again, he's he's played against Des Moines Christian thus Basically, far. Basically, yes. Yes. It's going to see a whole different deal in that Iowa defense. Mm-hmm. I've kind of come around on Iowa's defense. So for the last, I don't know how, God knows how many years. And I, I tell this story a lot, and I I, not, I don't do it to name drop, but I think we can all agree that Matt Campbell's a smart football guy, right? Mm-hmm. The smartest football guy that I can just text. And for a year, I'm I'm a re- return to the mean type of individual. When it are you going to gonna bring turnover. up the turnover thing again? Well, hear me out, because I, I I watched the Iowa Rutgers game again. I'm finally kind of coming to the point where. I was just different. Like you, you just said, well, Michigan to have a mistake. And like, normally, like I would respond and say, yeah, but how many times in a row can that keep happening? Mm-hmm. But I watched them to this poor Simon kid, just baiting him. Right. Like the, <laughs> it was by design. And, and I, and I've thought that before, but I, I am convinced that Iowa is going to, on average, get more of those than they won't, and it's and it's by design, and it's not exactly I, luck. Isn't the right word. There's nothing lucky about. I mean, there is when the guy fumbles and the ball bounces into your hands. But what Cooper DeGene is doing, right? Yeah, like he, that, that was not a fluke. That's not or luck. luck. That was nothing, just because that yeah. wouldn't be an interception. Nine out of ten players in college football would not pick that pass off, and hardly any of them would be would be able to return it for a pick six, right? So I do think you're going to get – will you get a pick six? Will you get two defensive touchdowns? Odds are no, right? It, mm-hmm. But I like the fact the quarterback Michigan's playing, he's more turnover prone than, than McNamara. Or wait a second, McNamara's the guy who's – I get him mixed up, yeah. McNamara's well, they both the played that, yeah. this season, and they both played in the Big Ten Championship game, but J.J. McCarthy is the, McCarthy's the, is the starter. And he's more the gunslinger type, correct? Like he's he has a higher upside, is how I would describe him. McNamara is more, if you want to play it safe, is that correct? I, I will say this: McCarthy hasn't thrown an interception this season. Again, they haven't really played anybody other than Maryland. Yeah, but I'm reading the Michigan dirt sheets. That's what the insiders tell me. Yeah, maybe he's throwing those picks in practice. Maybe Spencer Petrus is a hell of a lot better practice player than this uh, McCarthy. Having said all that, and, I, and I'm doing the same thing as you, like trying to warp my mind around this game. I still think I would play Michigan if I had to. You would give the points? Yeah. If I had to. I just like Iowa's offense hasn't done really anything against anybody. Like they were awful on third down last week. The running game got going a little bit. I, and they I haven't just, done anything against Michigan the last two meetings. They, they've they gone two straight games with Michigan without scoring a touchdown. Like, couldn't Ten you see that quarters. Michigan just winning this by, like, 14? You know, yeah, like, and, I, and I've seen that a lot. I, it feels like either it's going to be a really close game down to the wire and Iowa has a chance, or Michigan wins by 20. That's kind of how I feel, too. Yeah. I don't know. I but, wouldn't bet on but this I, game. This isn't a gambling I, podcast, but I would not touch this game. I think that whatever Iowa de- Iowa's defense can do, whatever the offense can do, I think it has to happen early. Like It can't be what happened in the Big Ten Championship game last year where Michigan comes out, bang, bang, 14 nothing, game over. It's yeah. I- Iowa has to do something early. And- I keep seeing that pick six in the Ohio State game from 2017 in my mind. First play of the game, pick six, Kinnick's rocking, here we go. 
I mean, that's a lot to ask. I know. I'm not asking for a first play. Maybe the second play. And don't you think, too, just the vibe in, in general? Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk here. Y'all were booing your quarterback during intros the last Hey, time. hey, hey. We're booing the decision <laughs> the coaching staff has made to play that okay. kid. But my point being, if the offense goes out there and stutters the first. Oh, there'll be boos. Right, and then like, you get that negative energy. So I'm just piggybacking your point. Get some good vibes flowing early in that first quarter is huge. First quarter is monstrous. Weather that first quarter, do something good in that first quarter, and it changes the tone of the entire game. Michigan did it to Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. Iowa did it to Rutgers last week. It's so important when you have when you play football like Iowa does. You've got to get off to a good start. Because if you don't, if you go behind, you you might as well fold up tent because you were not coming back. My favorite thing on the Iowa booing thing is that there's always the guy like you. Hey, we're, we're not booing the kid. We're booing the millionaires, making the decisions to put him out there. And then there's Do you always, not believe them? But then there's always this other guy who will just chime in and be like, Hell no, I'm booing Petrus. He yeah, sucks. Petrus suck, man. Get him the hell out of there. Put Padilla in. I was looking at the box score from the Michigan-Iowa Big Ten Championship game. Do you? So Iowa played both quarterbacks, okay? I don't even they, remember Padilla playing in that game, but I'll take your word for Padilla it. Padilla threw 15 passes. He was 10 for 15. Not bad. For 37 yards. Oh. So three point seven <laughs> yards per completion. <laughs> I, I've I, that, I, and I don't remember really remember it either because the game That's was hard. so out of hand. And I was on a plane. I was watching it on a plane flying back from Vegas. Ten for fifteen for thirty-seven yards when you were down by twenty plus when he was in. Like you weren't even trying to do anything. <sighs> yeah, that's. Or you just don't have time, and you and that's the only pass you can get off. And that would be a concern that I would have about tomorrow or about Saturday as well. Like I the saw whole going downfield thing seems a lot more difficult. They didn't do it last week, really. They didn't have to, right? Because mm-hmm. you 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 throw the old anaconda on once you get the couple of defensive touchdowns. But you like the what we saw against Nevada may be a lot more difficult on Saturday. Did you see what Jim Harbaugh said about the the Big Ten championship game? Last year, no, I saw that he uh, Scott Dockerman had pulled out a quote about how he got hit by a car when he was seven in Iowa City. <laughs> An ice cream I'm, truck I, ran I, over him. I, I don't. I apologize for laughing. I I, I didn't read that part. That was but the quote I, everything that, must have turned out okay. That was the quote that stood out. Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh got was, hit by an ice cream truck in Iowa yeah, City. Harbaugh was basically making the point that I hate going there. Talking about Kinnick, like okay. He was, He's like, I despise that place. I was seven. And I got hit by a car. <laughs> well, he was talking about the, uh, I think he was asked about last year's game. And he's like, I'm paraphrasing. He was like, look, <laughs> that game was a lot closer than the final score indicated. They stoned us on 30 plays. <laughs> yeah, what about the other 60? <laughs> You won 42 to 3. The game wasn't close. That game was over in an instant. That, yeah, everybody so, so watching that he's game. He's trying saw. to convince his team. You know, a lot of those players were on that team. He's trying to convince them. Oh, Iowa was in that game. That, 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 that game could have gone either way. No, it couldn't have. 42 no. to 3 against Iowa? That's like 150 to 3. Yeah, I mean, that's where I say, does that worry you about? Saturday. Like I know it's a different team, but it's still Michigan. They still have the same caliber of player. Does this running back bother you? Or are we just like oh, I just Iowa's never defense. I never worry about an opposing running back. Yeah. No, it's fair. It's with, fair. with Iowa's defense. I just quarterbacks worry me. Running backs don't. They they always seem to be able, for the most part, to to neutralize the running game. Sometimes they they fail to, especially if it's a mobile quarterback, they fail to corral him. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm i not sitting here saying I was going to win the game. I'm just saying I've 
I've been unable to convince myself that, that this is a sure blowout and a lost cause. And the closer we get to the game, the better I feel about Iowa having a chance to win it. And it, it's, it mostly has to do with the fact that Michigan hasn't proven anything yet. I'm, I, th- I got Michigan by 14. Cover, I don't think it'll be a blowout. That's where I'll settle on this one. I don't even... If I had to guess... I, I, I All right. I, I, I didn't even think about this until now, like what my predicted outcome would be. I think this is going to be a, a dogfight until the end. Okay. So you got Iowa covering the 10. I have Iowa covering the 10. I don't think they win, but... I, th- I think this is going to be uh, a good game. I think if Iowa, if because Iowa I don't covers, think Michigan is, win. I don't think Michigan's the fourth best team in the country. Period. Neither do That's I. it. There may be top twenty in my mind. Yeah, I think if Iowa covers, they win. Really? Yeah, because that if if they can suck Michigan into that style, there's not a lot of teams that will beat Iowa in that. In Iowa that State way. did it. This is true. Well, they're the Iowa State University. <laughs> Speaking well, of them, I, I, uh, I hope the ninety-nine-yard drive against the vaunted Hawkeye. That is, uh, it's still amazing. And the Have more ever, we see from this Iowa defense and the Iowa State offense, you you wonder like, how did that happen? Okay, so that's where I wanted to start with Iowa State. Uh, we liked, we both like Hunter Deckers. We've been on the record about that. Tremendous upside, uh, all that stuff. We we've got a turnover problem though with him at this point. I think it's fair. I gave him the Iowa game because Iowa, right? It's Mm -hmm. Iowa. Everybody throws interceptions against Iowa. I could even talk myself into excuses for him with the Baylor game. What you can't deny is when you look at the season statistics and you see five interceptions through four games, you just can't deny it. Mm -hmm. And so like you, you go into this Kansas game, where all of a sudden Kansas is like not the shit team that everybody has come to expect over the last decade. And I, I do think that we have to talk about Deckers and decision-making at this point. That was a thing going into the year where you, you go, well, you're probably going to have more upside. You could throw it downfield more. Uh, but you wondered about consistency as far as decision-making because that's where Purdy was usually pretty good. Brock would have those <laughs> moments where he just loses mind, right? and they would it'd be the highlight thing. But for the most part, Brock was a pretty good decision-maker. Uh-huh. And, it, you, I, you know, you, you, I think you have to start right there. Now, we, we'll get to slowing down Jalen Daniels and his stats on the year, but Hassel, they got to they gotta, they gotta get – Decker's right as far as that goes. He can't he can't throw five, six more interceptions this year and Iowa State have any sort of a season that we thought they were that we were hoping they could have. And and for this game in particular, he can't turn it over. I mean, Kansas's defense, that's where you get them. You know, Iowa State needs to score a bunch of points to win this game. You can't be giving the ball away and giving the ball back to Kansas's offense in this game and and think you're going to win it. I think you have to play clean football. You have to score on almost every drive because there's no excuse. Kansas has been a much better football team this year. They've got some good wins, but their defense isn't good. You've no, it's got actually to attack quite bad. Surprisingly bad for being 4-0. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, here we go. Fun with numbers. <laughs> and it, and for, the, for our listeners, there's a million different ways you can go as far as statistics, I like to use yards per play with the defense. And it's not perfect, uh, especially when you only have a three- to four-game sample. But Kansas's defense giving up 6.3 yards per play, 109th nationally. Mm. And they're 4-0. Now, That's the amazing. offense, now listen listen to this. A little bit, um, a little bit Michigan-like, okay? So Kansas has had a top five offense all season long. I'm not counting the FCS team that they played earlier in the year, okay? Their non-FCS opponents are ranked 70th, 69th, 
and 72nd in opponent yards per play. So that, right, it's a Dana Holgerson defense. They always suck. West Virginia, worst defense in the Big 12, and Duke. Duke's probably the best defense of those three. That's at least what their head coach hangs his hat on. Um, and Jalen Daniels in that time, if our Heisman system wasn't so broken, he would be the front runner to win the Heisman at this point in time based off of what he has done. 71%, 11 touchdowns, one interception, 320 rushing yards, and four rushing touchdowns. So, like, he's been phenomenal, but I also think from Kansas's standpoint, man, they take a huge step up as far as defense goes going up oh, against yeah. the top 10 Iowa State defense this week. Oh yeah. And Iowa State and Haycock, this is this is this is the time to step up. I mean, you got to do it now because I'm looking big picture now. You lose this game. Uh, the rest of the season's not looking too good. I mean, this is a huge game for Iowa State for every for Hunter Deckers for this defense, for the fan base, because you start 0-2 in conference play, uh, we've talked about it. The Big 12 is a meat grinder this year. Iowa State could lose any one of these games the rest of the way. They, They could win any one of them, but they could lose any one of these, and it starts looking really bleak for my 10 win prediction because then you have to win out. But boy, if you win, though, I know if you if you win, you start feeling really good. Because I mean, you're going to be favored next week over Kansas State, I believe, and not by a lot, but by mm-hmm. I it's think at home. By yeah, it's a night game. It's going to be juiced. Points. Yeah, you're going to be favored in that game. You start five and one, and you're in a really good spot. I was having a conversation uh, with somebody earlier this week, and I wanted to bring this up to you. I know we're. Uh, if you're Iowa State right now, would you rather be three and one with the win over Iowa or Baylor? Baylor. See, that's the smart answer. I I made the answer though, like just I can just feel it. I'm around here so much. Campbell I, had I, I to get beat it. Iowa. I, I get he it. He had to beat Ferentz. You're right, because that would still be hanging over him going into next season. Yeah, and, and beyond. But. Quite frankly, it it would help them a lot more if that win came against Baylor right now. No doubt, no you'd doubt. Be, you'd be you'd you'd be one zero in conference play, and you'd have a win over a ranked team. Iowa's not ranked. Um, but I, I <laughs> it, it's always that thing that we argue about, like because Iowa State fans will say, oh, I, I don't. Don't need to beat Iowa. I'd rather I'd rather beat Kansas. It's a it's a conference win. And Iowa fans will say the same thing. I ah, I'd rather beat Northwestern than Iowa State. It's just not true. The games mean so much more. It's just yeah. that once you get into conference play, then you want that conference win back. You know, you'd rather trade it for a conference win. No doubt. I just I I, I think the answer is Iowa this year. Like this one because the pressure was mounting. Like that was the one thing Campbell hadn't checked off. That was my answer. Granted, it was me and a group, and I think I was the only one who said that. But again, like I'm just around it so much. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell you, you guys can say whatever you want. You were happier after the Iowa win than you would have been after the Bay yes. Win. Uh, and and I think you. that I, I think that once you get through the season and you look back on the season, I think you would you would say that. You would yeah. say the Iowa win is is more important, and once you get ready to start next season. But right now, when you're, you're right. at the bottom of the Big Twelve at zero and one, it feels like you'd rather have that Baylor win. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I don't like to do this too often because of like you said, getting my hopes up and whatnot. I love the spot this week for Iowa State. I think that I mean, if you go nationally, Chris, nobody's uh, picking Iowa State to win, no, and they're and the just, favorite. I just read your colleague Dennis Dodd at CBS did a piece on Lance Leopold earlier this week. Um, everybody's talking about Kansas, kind mm-hmm. of the golden child of college football right now. Campbell, um, shout out to Alex Gookin on Twitter. Over the last however many years it was, I forgot the specific, Campbell's 16-6 and six against the spread after a loss. Hmm. This is when Matt is at his best. 
kind of being doubted. They're pissed off. They can tell you that the they didn't care about the refs last week. They're mad. They probably should be. You go into this place where the coaches know each other very well, D3 guys. Iowa State, top to bottom. I know Kansas is 4-0. It's still a better program. 85. I'll take our 85 against that 85, right? And I like to just go by they're favored for a reason, right? Like they're they're baiting people to play Kansas, the home team here. I think Iowa State will get this done by a couple of scores. Mm. I'm I'm letting the uh, you're the first letting, person I've heard say that. Letting the Nuggets hang today, baby. <laughs> I was on the uh, a podcast with the no context college football guys. And oh, those guys are great. Yeah, there were four of us picking games, and we were just picking straight up, not not against the spread. And I was the only one that took Iowa State to win the game. It's it's like it's like people don't even care that Iowa State is 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 giving what is it three points in this game? Yeah. And I feel like I'm the only one who thinks Iowa State's going to win. But at the same time, I I thought Iowa State was going to win last week. And I'm I, still mad at myself on the Baylor thing because I think Baylor is going to destroy Oklahoma State this week, and I just I let my wow. yeah you, you heard that I'm I'm full okay. of brash takes. Oklahoma State's kind of like Michigan, like they haven't proven anything. Yet. No. they're a top ten team. They we haven't don't know proven anything, anything about this season. We don't know anything about that. I I also one of the reasons I'm taking Iowa State this this week. I'm not going to say they're going to win by two touchdowns like you did. But I think they'll win. I said two scores. Oh, so they could win by nine? They okay. could win by ten or nine. Okay. Don't don't push me into that corner. I think it's a kind of a letdown spot for Kansas. And it's yeah. weird to say that coming off a game against Duke. But all that hype going into the Duke game and the and the sellout at the stadium and oh game day should come and wow, this is amazing. We got two basketball schools undefeated. We're undefeated. They win the game. Okay, now what? Now it's the next week. Now there's a team coming in, coming off a loss. And now you're not selling out your stadium. I think there'll be a really good crowd, but it's not going to be like it was last week against Duke. That was like the quote-unquote Super Bowl for Kansas last week. Duke. Duke was, yes. And I think this has a chance to be a little bit of a letdown spot. And you know what else, Chris? What was the final score last year between Iowa State and Kansas? It was like 57 to like it was bad. 51 I think to it was seven. like I think it was 59 to 6. Yeah, it, was 59 something, to seven. it was a blowout. That's all I know. Are they going to make up that many points in one year? I know they're different. I know they have a different quarterback. Ah. It's I amazing think- that after that game last year, we're even sitting here talking about Kansas with a chance to win the game. Iowa State won by 50-plus last year. It's amazing. I also think, too, and then we'll move on to our games of the week and do a little little while else, that this is the time of year, last week and this week, really, when you start conference play, where the teams start to know each other more, right? And now, granted, it's a little bit less. Kansas has, like, 30 transfers, something like that. So they're totally Mm -hmm. different. Iowa State's totally different. But – where things kind of start to level out just a little bit. And I'll be anxious to see how Kansas is is able to do that. Uh, let's do our games of the week, shall we? Let's do it. I'll let you I, go with, first. With mine, I tried to to stay away from uh, you know the marquee games because there are a bunch of ranked-on-ranked games this week, and the, yeah. both the Iowa and the Iowa State games are, are interesting. Stayed away from those. Stayed away from the ranked-on-ranked games because I'm sure you'll pick one of them. I think there's a interesting game on Friday. I, I love like this we, game. I feel like I we have UTSA game. on here every week. But <laughs> UTSA, the Roadrunners, they won the Conference USA last year. They are the overwhelming favorites to win it this year. And what are they doing to, in conference play here this week? They're going to Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee is Miami. hot. They are hot. I think they've won three straight games overall. They beat Miami last week and just just 
smacked them around. Now they're at home. It's the quote-unquote blackout game. The stands will be half full. But the fans will be into it. This is excited as as, as they've been about Middle Tennessee football in a long time. They're only like a four-point underdog. I mean, you go back preseason. I already bet on UTSA. Did you? You go back preseason, UTSA probably would have been a two-touchdown at least favorite in this game. Yeah. But I, I think that's that's a fun game on Friday night. Uh, also, hey, Friday too. Shout out to my Green Wave of Tulane on the road at Houston. That's a great game as well. That that's a good matchup, and yeah. we also have um, Washington UCLA? at UCLA. Yeah, I think that good night good. on Friday. Yep. My second game to watch this week: LSU at Auburn. And not because either one of these teams is going to compete. This one for raised this my season. eyebrows. I'm like, why is Hassel so into this game? I, I think it's just fascinating because it's at Auburn and it's the Brian Harson thing. It's the Bri- if if the they train wreck can't look away. This 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 could be it. You know, they're uh, I think they're two score dogs in this game. I think LSU is favored by nine at Auburn. It could get really ugly in that stadium. If LSU starts running away with it, and that'll be it for Brian Harson. He survived because of some boneheaded plays by Missouri at the end of that game last week. But uh, I think that's just kind of a fascinating sickos committee game oh, yeah. to watch with uh, with Brian Harson potentially coaching his last game. And then I'm going to the Big 12 for Texas Tech at Kansas State. Both teams coming off huge wins. Couldn't think of bigger wins in conference play. Texas Tech beating their arch rival, Texas. Kansas State going into Oklahoma and looking the way they did against the Sooners. And now they play each other and we'll find out maybe which one of those teams is for real. Yeah, I can't argue... We're, I'm going to have to put a lid on how many Big 12 games I can do this year. Because honestly, if you look at the league, the games are Every all Every week, it's gonna, you're going to have a handful of great matchups. Yeah, because the teams are so even. So I have Oklahoma State at Baylor, number one for me. Listen, like Oklahoma State, this is another one that I, I would bet on Baylor here blindly. They're ranked lower than Oklahoma State, yet they're the favorite from Vegas. Yeah, it's, it, the this is where the ranking system is just so scarred just and flawed. It's, it's, it's just bad. Oklahoma State hasn't done a damn thing this year. Baylor is the defending champions. They were they were picked to win it this year. They just went into Iowa State and beat the Cyclones. The wrong they team is yeah. The wrong team yeah. is ranked higher here. And you you but have them going in there and just just blowing out I, Oak, Oak State, huh? I I mean, at least covering. Like, I think it's like a two- to three-point. I, I think that Oklahoma State – I think okay. Baylor will win by double digits. But still, like, the hierarchy of the Big 12, I bet I would guess if you would quiz 100 Big 12 fans right now, the majority would have these two ranked one and two. So it's got to be on your list. Now, on the, on the flip side of that, Oklahoma goes to TCU here, where hmm. that – if you talk to people in the Big 12, they've all been saying, don't sleep on TCU. Don't sleep on TCU. A lot of talent down there. Sonny Dykes, right? Like we, I've talked about it, I think, a little bit on this show, but I think that it was time for Patterson to move on, right? I think mm-hmm. that they had just plateaued. It reminded me a lot of McCarney at Iowa State. They were never going to move past that. They had to do something. Oklahoma, you go down there as a five-point favorite and lose, and you start 0-2 in the Big 12, staring down the barrel of the SEC. I'm not saying fans are going to want to fire Brent Venables, but, man, like you, it's just one of those programs. They are not going to put up with it. And Oklahoma season, all of a sudden, you're looking at them like they had hopes for a playoff, and now 8-4, and four, that it would be a, a really good scenario. So that that's I'm, interesting. I'm to starting me. to think that the Big 12 won't even sniff the playoff this year. Because oh God, no! Absolutely it's, not. It's going to be such a no. meat grinder in conference. There's going to be so many seven and five, eight and four, six and six, like across the mm-hmm. board. Wait until bowl season when the Bulls have to make the selections. Like, oh man, it's just it's going to be a joke. I'm really fascinated by Wake Forest at Florida State. Wake should have won last week, in my opinion against Clemson. I, I think that if you're 
if you're a Wake fan, that one's going to haunt you for years to come. Is Florida State back? If they could win this game, you know, the, then all of a sudden the ACC looks pretty good, right? Where you've got Florida State. We have NC State at Clemson this week, which is kind of for the top spot in that league right now. If Florida State can win as a slight favorite this week in Tallahassee over Wake Forest, it really stakes their claim, I think, as a contender to win that league. And if you're a contender to win the ACC, albeit I don't think they'll run the table, maybe even a playoff conversation down the road at the very least New Year's Six. Things get I, a lot I, more interesting in the ACC if, if Florida State's good. and Yeah. I, I Yeah, I, I think they – the, do, Florida's, I, I work with a lot of Florida State fans. That there is excited in former players, Danny Cannell, Bryant McFadden. They're as, as excited as they've been in a long time. And Doak is going to be rocking as long as that game goes off without a hitch because of the hurricane. And I, I think it will because the hurricane did not go really even near Tallahassee, or it's not expected to anyway. Um, that 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 place is going to be rocking for a top twenty-five showdown. It's been a while for Florida State. Wake is a program that I like to root for, though. It's just like they have no business being any good at football, no. <laughs> but they it's, are. It's kind of like Northwestern when they're when they're good. Yeah, yeah. It's like how? So those those are my three that I circled. Um, Kentucky at Ole Miss is really quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. Kiffin, Stoops, uh, potentially the battle to be the next Nebraska coach. Kiffin's getting tossed around a little bit with that one. You heard that? God, just would, a little he bit. Would, he would take that, take that place to new heights. I think. I mean, I did you see I, him thought, come out against Ole Miss's crowd this week? Yeah, basically saying it's like uh, going out for a high school game or something. Yeah, because they like, I, I, because I don't know they why. haven't showed up the first few weeks. Yeah, he's like, I I promoted. I'm on social media. I'm doing all this stuff. I can't get people to go to games. He's like, I'm just going to focus on the game now. Basically, yeah, but who have said. they? Who have they played? I mean, they, they really haven't played anybody yet, right? I mean... Have you ever been to the Grove? I have, and I hear it's amazing. It's, it's Me and my buddies did a guy's trip there, watched him play LSU. It was the right, same day... The three, it was the same day Iowa three State teams lost they've hosted. Kansas State, 15. Sorry. Okay. I, no, go for I it. I just go don't care. <laughs> Here's the three teams Ole Miss has hosted. Troy, Central Arkansas, and Tulsa. It's hard. I thought it just means more hard in the to SEC, though. I thought it just well, means more. Come on, doesn't it mean more? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I, they show up to support their team? Iowa yeah. sold out against Nevada. That's uh, true. To watch that offense, the place is going to be nuts tomorrow for for Kentucky. It'll be fine. It'll be just fine. I'm not worried about them. That's my favorite SEC team, by the way. Ole Miss. Ole Miss? Just because of the experience I had down there, it's it's incredible. Uh, we have, I think. Isn't Purdue at Minnesota? I'm just tracking Minnesota at this point. Like, how, how for real are they? Uh, they're a team that I that I kind of have an eye on. They're a 12.5-point favorite over Purdue. Now, Purdue has some injuries, Hassel. Is is Aiden O'Connell still out? I believe so, yes. I don't think they have a chance then. Sorry, Ross. My three games, Oklahoma State at Baylor. Oklahoma you Ross? TCU. Oh, you're talking uh, about Ross. Hey, Ross Tucker's in the chat? Ross I, I is watching my, on YouTube. I called my game with Ross Tucker uh, last oh, week. Oh, is this a friend of yours? No, I, I I don't think this is the same Ross Tucker I called the oh. game with. Uh, so Oklahoma State, Baylor, Oklahoma TCU, Wake Forest, Florida State are mine. Um, Bama at Arkansas. I'm sure you've been talking about this all week on HQ. I haven't talked about it that much. I, I think really? it's because Arkansas lost, and I mean Alabama's a three-score favorite. I just I don't think many people are giving Arkansas a chance in this game. NC State at Clemson, we kind of touched on that, but that yeah. If I had that's to watch be one game, game all weekend, it may be that one. That's gonna be real fun. Last but certainly not least. So I'm watching all this hurricane coverage. So have I. I've been glued to it. Different and no, uh, yeah, Ross Tucker. We just found it. out it's a different Ross Tucker. So Ross Tucker 
was an NFL lineman. Yeah, he's he like is an now analyst. an analyst, yeah, and I called yeah. a game with him last week. But this the Ross Tucker in the comments is a, a different one. Dude, are you pro, you're a TV guy? Are you pro the reporter standing out in the middle of the hurricane, being blown to smithereens, or are we anti this? I am pro seeing it. Are you are too? Thank you. Absolutely. I feel like we're in the minority. So I'm here's what I'm not. Pro. I'm not pro like local TV stations forcing their reporters to go out and do that. I'm talking like Weather Channel guys, meteorologists, Jim Cantori. And he's the one who always gets like, well, I got to, what what's this do? guy? He's going to get himself killed out there. He's a, this is what the guy lives for. He's he's a meteorologist. <laughs> Let him. It's him. It's not you. It's not somebody. Let him do what the hell he wants to do. He knows the dangers. Well, why are you telling him to get the hell out of there? You know, no, nobody's forcing him to do that. And I think it's great TV. It is great TV. It gives you and, context. And it's it's that does more to keep the idiots. Yes. From going outside because they're like, holy, holy shit, that guy just got blown down. Like, I don't want yeah. that to happen. Yeah, right. Like yesterday, <laughs> yesterday he was he was down near Fort Myers, uh, Punta, Punta Gorda or something like that. I think he was in. He gets blown over. And then <laughs> and then a, then you just see like a little tree come flying down the road and the tree like hits his leg. He's on the ground. The tree gets caught up in his leg. And he's like, oh, 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 God. Oh, Jesus. Uh, OK, uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm a- it's great. <laughs> and people are like, oh, somebody's going to get killed. Uh, OK, don't. If you're a local TV station, don't send your reporters out in this. One, they don't know what they're doing. Two, it needs to be their choice. But the Weather Channel people, this is why they get into it. Yeah. This is what they do. Leave them alone. Stop trying to shame them into cowering back into a parking garage and not going out in it. They know when it's too bad to not go out in it. And, they, and they'll take them off screen. There's a lot of times where you won't see Jim Cantore for a couple hours because they know you got a shelter. Lay off them. This is their choice. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for... I'm glad the two guys named Chris are are both on board with this. Yeah. Because I, I saw... I it was all over social media yesterday. Couldn't agree but more. One of these days, somebody's going to have their head chopped off. I mean, we send reporters out into like to war, like they're literally yeah, in like point. a battlefield. That's a field. good point. That's yeah, that's a lot more dangerous. There's like bombs going off in the background, bullets swinging by. I mean, let let yeah. the weatherman stand out in the damn hurricane, and and like, don't you agree? Like, aren't aren't like you live in Florida? Mm-hmm. You're there. Aren't you less likely to go outside in that after watching this guy get blown around? Yes. It's because not like we, it's encouraging. Because if you, you don't to see do it, it, if you don't see anyone out there in it, you don't know what it's like. The context. You can point a camera outside. You can show, you know, you can show water rushing down a street. Until you see a human being in that element, you don't really understand what it's like. You don't have any idea what it might be like. So I, I think they're doing a great job. I. I, I think it is necessary to do. Again, I don't think local TV people should be out there unless it's a meteorologist who chooses to do it. All I've watched is is Weather Channel. I've been watching Weather Channel straight for the last tw- uh, 48 hours. And what, what blows my mind is like every commercial is an infomercial. I mean, how do they not have ads? How do they not my, have, especially like during a hurricane? The one thing that just blew my mind, I was watching it last night. It was after they broke away for Aaron Judge coverage, and then they came back. I'm kidding. The Weather, Weather Channel <laughs> broke away. For- <laughs> like they were showing, it looked like um, like a bay type of area uh, in Florida. But who leaves your boat out? So knowing that a hurricane's a- coming, what's what's the deal there? Did somebody like they're showing all these boats just get blown away? 
Why would you leave your boat out? I, th- I think it's a lot trickier situation than we realize. I don't have a boat, but I've I've heard from people that do that say it, that sometimes when you have a boat, the worst place you can leave it during a hurricane is is at the dock. Like you are supposed, to, it has a better chance of survival, like out at sea sometimes. Wow. Yeah. So, Shocking. Yeah. So I, I don't really know. I don't get it. But most of the time, if you're tied to a dock, that then, because you got all those boats together and then they're all smashing into each other and into the dock. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot more dangerous. Putting holes in the boat. For the boat. Yeah. So I think some people just take their chances. Wow. All right. Well, best of luck to your Hawkeyes on Saturday. And to your Cyclones. Appreciate it. What a big week. So it'll be a oh, great, it's great week. Because you got Iowa at noon Eastern. As soon as that game ends, you got Iowa State 330 Eastern. And you got all these other games. I don't have a game this week, so I'm going to be taking all of my TVs, putting them all together in one room. Oh, yeah. Having four TVs on at the same time. And I'm just going to just burn a hole in the couch. Maybe we can do a semi-drunken reaction podcast on Saturday night. Ooh. It wouldn't be semi. I think it would be full blown. Yeah. yeah. We'll just have to play that one by ear. All right. He's Chris <laughs> Hassel. I'm Chris Williams. We'll have Matt Van Winkle back on Monday to have the fun graphics. Thanks to Fairway. We appreciate their sponsorship as always. If you head to Iowa City to tailgate, stop by, pick up some Fairway meats on your way. A little breakfast sausage, a little morning tailgate. Giddy up, mm. baby. Mm-mm. Mm. Miller and Williams coming up tomorrow here on the network. Uh, Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Iowa everywhere.